What's going on, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This is easily one of the episodes Pat and I are most excited about with Bob Parsons, the founder of PXG, also founder of GoDaddy. Bob is an amazing, uh, amazing interview, a great marketing mind, and definitely flipping the golf equipment industry on its head. And this guy gave us about 40 minutes of his time, and we greatly appreciate it. We are so interested in what he's doing at PXG. Hope you guys enjoy it. We even take Bob through the native area, and for our listeners who know what that's about, you know that's going to be a lot of fun. This episode is brought to you by Swing Caddy. Swing Caddy is the thing you guys need if you're trying to get better at actual golf. If you don't have the $20,000 for a TrackMan, Swing Caddy is about the size of an iPhone. It can fit in your bag. You put it behind your ball. It'll tell you the carry distance, your swing speed, your club head speed, smash factor, and a lot of other things. It's a great, great tool to practice on the range as well. It'll call out yardages for you. You try to hit to the yardage, and it'll tell you whether you were successful or not. It's just a fantastic tool. And we've partnered with the guys at Swing Caddy. So if you go to tourjunkies.net, look at the top of the page, click on the Swing Caddy link. You can learn a lot more about it. And if you order through that link... Type in Tour Junkies, all one word, in the promo code at checkout, and you can get the Swing Caddy for $290 instead of $350. So for only $290, you can have a mini portable TrackMan. It's even been tested by Golf Spy, and uh, it's, a, it's a very competitive product. So check that out at the website, tourjunkies.net. Once again, we appreciate you downloading the podcast. Hope you enjoy the show with Bob Parsons, and uh, may your screens be green. and mother-daughter duo Kate Hudson and Goldie Hawn, plus the new bachelor, Colton Underwood. If all goes well, then I'm going to go back to his fantasy suite. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Today is gonna be the day we move ya. Come on and make the switch right now. News for today. Wake up with us. 4 to 7 a.m. on NBC4. Working for you. What is up, golf addicts? It's David Barnett of the Tour Junkies. I've got Pat Perry with me. And we have an exclusive interview with the gentleman we have really been wanting to have on the podcast for a long time now. And it's really the first type of interview we've ever done like this. Um, we've had players before. We've had caddies before. We have never had a, a gentleman like uh, Mr. Bob Parsons, who is on the line with us. Uh, how are you, Bob? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Man, we are excited to have you. So if you don't know, I explained in the intro, Bob Parsons, founder uh, and, and, and innovator behind the PXG golf brand that is really making some big waves. But he's also done a lot of stuff other than PXG, um, primarily serving in our United States Marine Corps and in the Vietnam War and uh, re- uh, recipient of the Purple Heart. And, and Mr. Parsons, we appreciate your service. My my father actually served in the Vietnam War as well, and uh, I, I know a lot of times you, you guys don't get the appreciation, and I, and I know you do a lot to give back to our veterans, um, so I know that's something you're very proud of, and we appreciate your service uh, for that as well. Um, also, started GoDaddy, which is a pretty big deal. Tourjunkies.net is actually registered on GoDaddy, and uh, I know right. you, you don't have quite as much involvement into GoDaddy now, but that was uh, that was a big deal, a big thing in your life. But I know a lot of our listeners who are golf addicts want to hear about PXG. And, um, you know, I know you probably told the story a thousand times, but why don't you give us a quick rundown on 
why you started PXG. Well, what what happened was I had um, uh, I have always been a golf uh, aficionado, and uh, so I mean I would I would play golf when when others wouldn't wouldn't matter if it was raining if it was a little dark if it was cold whatever if I swing a club I was there. Um, yeah. And uh, I've also always been a middle-of-the-road golfer. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd never get through Q school. i got to tell you that right now. <laughs> um, matter of fact, I'd never get to Q school. Um, so uh, but so what, what I always noticed was if I had the right equipment, I'd play a little better. So when, you know, when I got to the point in my life where I started making some money, uh, what I would do is I would try, I would buy and try different golf equipment. And in addition to doing that, I would, I would buy books. I would, you know, look at uh, uh, the, you know, the science behind golf equipment, the ballistics, the metallurgy, uh, the aerodynamics, all those things that go together. And I got to the point where I, I first of all, that I, I learned a lot about it. And second, I, I I would spend anywhere from I always said I'd spend two two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year uh, on, on golf equipment. And when I started uh, PXG, what I what I did was I I had I pulled all the bills that I could think of that had to do with with purchasing golf equipment the year before I did that, and I stopped counting the three hundred fifty thousand. Jeez. Uh, so, so I, I spent a lot of money on golf equipment, but I got to know everything. And one of the things that I realized was that when you purchase most golf equipment, it doesn't deliver on the promise. Rarely it does. Uh, so, you know, for example, like drivers, you know, this driver's 10 yards longer than the previous one, 20 yards longer. You know, and I, I started playing golf in my 30s, and I'm 66 now. If if that was true every year, I'd, I'd be hitting the ball about a mile and a half. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. But of course, my driving distance hadn't changed hardly at all. So what's that <laughs> tell you? Uh, yeah. So 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 any anyhow, you know that's kind of the genesis. And what happened was, I had some conversations with a engineer at Ping. His name is Mike Nicolette. He got to be friends of mine. Uh, or a friend of mine, and in talking with Mike, I asked Mike, I said, Mike, how come you guys don't do a better job of, and, and when I said you guys, I meant all companies. I wasn't singling out Ping. Ping's, right. good, comp- uh, Ping's a good company, in my opinion. Uh, so, but, but anyhow, what he said was, the reason the equipment isn't better than it is, is first, they have a lot of cost constraints. They have to engineer to a specific selling price, um, and so they can only spend so much money on the development, and they have to have their product ready at a certain time. So they've got a lot of constraints that they operate under. Um, and one of the questions I asked him, I said, Mike, suppose you didn't have any constraints. You could spend whatever you wanted to spend. You can um, uh, not only can you spend whatever you want to spend, you can uh, uh, go ahead and take however long you know time you wanna you wanna take and 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 so forth. Could would that make a difference? He goes, that'd make a huge difference. I said, how'd you like to work under that type of uh, situation? He said, I'd love it. And I said, I'll tell you what, I will start the company, 
you come to work for me, and first of all, the only constraint that we'll have is that the clubs have got to outperform anything made. He said, well, how will you know that? I said, well, you'll hit it the first time, and you'll know it if they're engineered right. So anyhow, he said, well, I can't leave Ping. I don't want to leave Ping. But with me, you know, I've been there for a long time. And I, he, he left my office, and I told the, the guy who's my COO, I said, I'll hear from Mike within two months. Well, I heard <laughs> from him within a month. And we, we, we went ahead, put BXG together, and uh, for the first year, I also had some other engineers follow him. For the first year, we went ahead and um, um, they, they had a agreement not to compete with Ping, so, so they couldn't really do any design work. So I had them do all kind of silly stuff. I had them uh, try to make a golf ball. You know, we, you know, we didn't have any luck there. You know, good luck beating the uh, Pro-V, either one of them. Uh, uh, we went ahead and, I mean, they were doing stuff like seeing how far they could hit a golf ball with a frying pan uh, on the end of a, a, a six-foot shaft off a three-foot B. Well, the answer to that's 400 yards. Um, I don't know what good that's ever going to do me, but, I mean, we figured it out. Uh, and, and, and on and on and on. And then when uh. the time came up, you know, they came into my office and they had a legal pad and they said, well, Bob, tell us what you what your idea of, of uh, the club you want is. And I said, well, first, I want something that looks like a blade, a little oversized, has a little offset. Uh, I want it to be gorgeous. It's got to it's it's it, it's got to launch higher. It's got to go further without goose in the loft, and it's got to be more forgiving than a cavity back. And it's got to have a sweet spot the size of Texas. Yeah. Uh, so they said, "Is that it?" I said, <laughs> "I said you do that, you got something." So anyhow, you know, put <laughs> the work to do that. And, uh, I mean, we had a number of iterations where, um, you know, it would be, uh, it, it, the club would uh, go like hell, feel like shit. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Or, or, or we made a three-wood that, you know, once you hit it, the thing would go off the planet. Uh, the second time, the face would collapse. So we made a disposable three-wood. I've got to tell you, there's no market for that. Um, so, but eventually, these guys called me one day, and, and, and they said, Bob, we've had a breakthrough. Oh, what a breakthrough it was. And what we did was, we hollowed out the club, and we, we injected the thermoplastic elastomer in the cavity, and we went with a very ultra-thin face, and we did a bunch of other stuff, too. I mean, the iron is triple-forged, uh, the tungsten weights you see around the perimeter of the iron. We have more in those tungsten weights than our competitors have in their whole product. Uh, so, but but any, anyhow, what a, what, what a breakthrough it was, and the rest is, well, here we are now. It's phenomenal. It's such a great story. Um, and and I, love, I love that you are as much a golf junkie as we are, and as a lot of people around the, you know, around the world who just fall in love with this game. Um, so we wanted to ask you a couple of like leadership and business questions because you, you Pat and I, we do this on the side. Like this is something we started because we were passionate about it. 
and uh, it's just kind of taken off from there. But we have real jobs, right? And and we're both in the business world, and so and we have a lot of listeners that are in the same way. They listen to us on their commute, going to and from their office, and I feel like you have some stuff to 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 share with us. So I thought about there's there's two things in play right here. Number one is you're working around an industry with golf that is very stuck in its ways. It's very old school. It's very uh, it lacks innovation. Um, not a whole lot of new strategies and new things, whether you're talking about golf equipment or the PGA tour or, uh, golf courses around the country and what they do to bring in new, new players, things like that. But you have stepped out and you're doing things differently and you're leading a, a revolution in golf equipment, if you will. You, and you've been that change agent, whether, you know, I, I feel like you probably did the same thing with GoDaddy. And, and I remember, you know, your marketing strategies at GoDaddy being quite controversial, but highly effective, right? Um, and now with PXG and the kind of aura around PXG and how you're leading that change, like, how do you do that? If you're speaking to a business person or you're speaking to somebody like us who's in the golf world too, and we're trying to lead change and make things different and make things fun. And uh, like, how do you do that if you're in a world, in an industry that's that stuck? What are some things that people need to remember, people need to put into practice? You know, one of the first things you do is ignore what everybody tells you. Uh, because most of the people that, 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 that give you advice, you know, for example, I was told with GoDaddy that, that I had a bad name on the company, I needed to change it. Well, that, you know, that, that was definitely bad advice. I was told with GoDaddy not to enter the domain name business because there was already a number of domain name companies. Um, I ignored that. And and the reason I ignored that is because um, all, all the domain name companies that I was aware of had uh, had terrible price, high pricing, terrible service systems that didn't work, on and on and on and on. And um, I was also told that our commercials were a little, were too racy. But right. the domain name business is about as exciting as a cup of sawdust, and you needed something to differentiate you. So anyhow, I mean, you know, that worked like a charm. I made a couple billion dollars off that decision. Um, <laughs> as far as, uh, far as PXG is concerned, I was told that people will never buy high-priced, high-priced equipment like, like we're going to make. I mean, I was told by a number of people that that was a mistake, stay out of the golf business, and uh, so, you know, normally when everybody tells you that, uh, you know, you ought to probably move ahead and do it. Now, um, you know, the golf industry right now, golf equipment industry, is, uh, is, is pretty depressed. And people yeah. would say, why would you enter a market that's depressed? Um, and, you know, with, with this idea you have, well, to me, I can't think of a better time. And the reason is, the, damn, the market is so depressed that if you do something that is that is revolutionary, it's going to get noticed. And what we did was we came out and we launched golf's first luxury brand. In my mind, uh, certainly from the you know from the U.S. perspective, and by doing that and having the clubs actually do everything we said they would and more, uh, I mean, we we took it by storm. So, uh, yeah. So, 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 I mean, there you go. I mean, you know, it's it's dare to be different. You know, you know, one of the other things that I do, you know, I own Scottsdale National, which is 
probably one of the one of the premier golf properties in the country. And uh, it's, it's you know it's not very well known, but it will be very well known. It's got uh, forty five holes of golf. It's pristine and so forth. And one of the things that I'm very proud of, we have no rules, no rules. You know, our, our rules book says there are no rules, so it's easy to remember them. Well, uh, that's, <laughs> that's actually you're you're getting ahead of us. That's actually a question we had for you. I love that, like. I've I've heard about the no rules. Uh, you know, you you basically say if it makes you happy and you're on the golf course, then you do it. Um, and and we love that. Like, so what are some of the funny things? Like, what are some funny things that people do out there? Or maybe some quirky things that have happened out there? Well, you know, I, I, uh, uh, David, I can't think of any, <laughs> but but I can tell you, you know, you you'll have something like somebody will uh, wind up at the club. And and they'll be in jeans, and yeah. they you know so they'll play golf in jeans, or they'll use their cell phone all the time, or be on a tee talking on their phone. Well, it doesn't bother us because our membership's so low. We don't have a tee sheet. Uh, we don't. Um, uh, there's very rarely you'll have someone in front of you or in back of you. Uh, you won't even see anybody else. I mean, this is the way golf is intended to be played. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, what they do is, you know, some of the quirky things, I wouldn't know because never, I'm never there to see them. <laughs> well, and I mentioned in the intro about the Bad Little Nine, which is your part three, where you basically challenge your designer to make it the most difficult nine hole on the planet as far as the part three. Has anyone broken par yet? You know, you know, we have one guy, one guy break par, and it was James Hahn. But what James oh. did, but what James did though, he went ahead and played two balls on each hole, right, and got the and got to know the nuances for that particular day, and went ahead and shot one under par. And uh, you know, my deal is, you shoot under par. I don't care if you're a pro or what. On challenge day, I'll give you a thousand bucks credit on your par tab. Well. Um, uh, you know, I asked James after I called Wendell what he did. I said, first, congratulations. Second, I have a question. I said, when you play in the Masters every day, does Augusta let you take play two balls on every hole? First, you know, just to kind of get used to it. He said, no. And I said, well, we don't either. You're disqualified. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, getting back to a, a quick leadership slash business, perspective who's somebody that's had the biggest influence on your life uh in in that regard and how how did they influence you well you know i would i would say first of all be my father and my father was never it was not a successful businessman uh what he what he wound up doing when he retired was he was uh managed the furniture department for a company that existed back then called montgomery Wards. but he used to tell me a lot of stuff you know, I mean, some of the stuff he would tell me about uh, selling product and pricing it, one of them is, you know, you can shear a sheep many times. You can only skin it once. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another another one was, he goes, you know, uh, you do what you love. When you love something, it tells you all its secrets. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he said, that, you know, one of the most important things to look for, he told me in a girlfriend and other people, he says, 
you know, uh, hang around people that like you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well that kind of covers the intro portion of our, our podcast. I'm going to let Pat put you into a, a segment, uh, and I'll let him explain it. We're going to have a little fun with you now, if that's good. All right, that's fine with me, brother. Let's do it. Okay, all right, so Bob, this this little area we call the native area. So what that is, I'm going to give you a little background, is we uh, we obviously follow the PGA Tour, and when you're looking at the PGA Tour app, and you're following along with a player, sometimes they will hit it into the native area. And so you never know what you're going to get. You don't know what your live is going to look like. Is it going to be buried? You know, is, are you going to be able to even see your ball? So that's kind of what these questions are going to be like. You just, you're not going to know what you're going to get. They're going to be pretty quick hitters. Now, I will tell you this. You can elect to pass if you want to, but we've never had a tour player or anybody else that's been on the show pass. So just I'm just throwing that out there, but you can pass if you want. So, so if I pass twice, I'm like way ahead of everybody. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, all right. So here we go. How much money is in your wallet on average for cash? How much money? I, I, I usually carry a couple thousand. Okay. Okay. It's about like me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> favorite course you play that's not your course. Favorite course is played, you know, I like a course outside of San Diego called Steel Canyon. Um, I, I had a good time there. Pebble Beach is tough not to like. Um, and uh, Augusta National, Augusta National is a lot of fun. So well, it, I'd say that would be about it. Okay. Well, and we didn't mention, I don't think, that we're from Augusta, so we, we obviously like that. But um, All right. Do Bill Gates and Warren Buffett play PXG? Do they? I don't know. They might. Okay. And if uh, they do, I hope these part about five cents. <laughs> All right, so how many times do you wear a pair of socks before you throw them away? Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know, and I, I, I'll tell you why. I have a housekeeper, and I have uh, all my socks are just exactly the same, and they rotate, and when they start looking a little ratty, uh, you know, she hucks them and, and replaces them. So, uh, you want me to get her up here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she can give us some, some more insight into your socks. So you basically just never yeah. know when your socks are socks are gone. No, no I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if I rip them up or something, you know, I I, I toss them right then and there. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just something I don't think about. <laughs> All right, here's another one. Here. All right, so have you ever tried virtual reality? And if so, did it suck because it's worse than your your actual reality? Virtual reality? You know, I never have. I never have. I got a set of virtual reality goggles here, but I've never gotten around to hooking them up to uh, seeing what it's like. I mean, you know, it sounds like it'd be it'd be kind of cool, but, you know, the problem is you get this thing and, you know, it's a big open area, and, you know, you start feeling good, you run right into a wall. <laughs> So you don't think it would be any better than your actual reality, right? No, I don't. I mean, Christ, I hope not. (laughs) All right. uh, Any superstitions on the golf course? Any superstitions? um, Or in business. business. You know, normally, normally if I'm, you know, if I'm a couple strokes uh, uh, ahead of somebody on a hole, I don't mind doubling the bet. I'm superstitious like that. Okay. All right. If you could punch any celebrity in the face without consequence, 
who would it be? Uh, nobody. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hit anybody in the face for any reason. <laughs> um, but, particularly, particularly a, a, a celebrity. Some of them get under my skin, but you know, hey, this is America, Jack. Right? You can do that. <laughs> hey, that's right. That's right. All right. Other than golf clubs and motorcycles, what's something else do you collect? Golf clubs and motorcycles, something I collect. Well, I'm an avid reader, and so I tend to um, uh, read read quite a bit. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I I I, I collect books. Uh, now, I, I used to collect hardcover books until the Kindle and. Uh, the iPad come out now. I uh, I just have it loaded with electronic, you know, electronic books. But uh, that that'd be what I do. So a Raiders fan. You got you got Marshawn Lynch coming over this year. Uh, you got good quarterback. So uh, I think I don't know. The Raiders are on the up and up. So why do you say I'm a Raiders fan? How can you make such a statement? Isn't um, that what you just said? I'm a Raider. No, he said he's a reader, Pat. Oh, a reader. I thought you said a Raider oh fan. God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, Pat. Uh, I'm a Ravens <laughs> fan, baby. I'm a Raven maniac. I'm from Baltimore. All right. Okay. Well, good. Good. Yeah. Uh, Bob, you have to you have to forgive Pat. I make fun of him a lot. He's the old guy on the show for us, and so sometimes his hearing isn't all that great. Uh, well, I'll so, so what? We apologize. Come, you come stand next to me, Pat. I don't hear with a damn either. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. You know, these uh, these phones sometimes can't hear correctly. So. All right, I got a couple more, and then I'm going to let David close this out. What is your go-to bet on the golf course? I like to play a game called Sweat for 100 a point. And the way, the way Sweat works is kind of like skins, but the only difference is, is you can anybody can double the bet anytime they want, as often as they want, until a ball's in the hole. So I could double, 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 and the person being doubled can decline it and uh, just uh, pay the bet of where it stands, uh, or they can accept it. But the nuance in sweat is if they accept it with the double, they get a half a stroke. So if, mm. if, if, I, if I double you, let's say, or, well, I call it a roll. If I roll you, you get a half. I'm giving you a half a stroke if you take that bet. And if wow. I double you again, you get another half stroke. Which is a full stroke. So that's that's the game of sweat, and I love it. Oh, yeah. I will definitely have to try that, uh, David. That'll be our next game. Okay. There we go. Now you know not the for, one other thing I tell you point. when when you're on the first tee, the one thing that I'm keenly aware of is if I don't know who the pigeon is, maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my last question here, and then I'm gonna let David close us out with a few. Uh, who was your first concert, as far as like a music concert? Who was the last one, and who would you like to see that you haven't yet? Who would I like to? Who was who was the first one? Wow, wow, the first one. Well, I'll tell you what. During Woodstock, I, I mean, I'd have been there, but I was in Vietnam carrying a rifle. Uh, yeah, my rifle was the only Woodstock I knew. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, early, early, early on. Yeah, I don't even remember who the first concert was. I think the last concert that I've seen was uh, Christina Aguilera, and she was excellent. Um, and uh, who would I like to see that I haven't seen already? 
I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Justin Timberlake perform. I heard he put yeah. on one hell of a show. And the other guy that I'd like to see just just right with him is uh, Darius Rucker. He's mm. another guy that puts on a hell of a show. If you come to Augusta for the Masters, Darius Rucker performs every Tuesday night right down the street from us at Rockford. He sings a, oh, oh, old, okay. yeah, he sings his old uh, Hootie and the Blowfish songs and everything. It's awesome. He's here every uh, year. And I'll tell you what, both of them, Justin Timberlake and um, uh, Darius Rucker, are avid golfers. And you know what clubs they play, brother? PXG. Yeah, baby. All nice, right. Nice. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to wrap us up here with a few more, um, and then we'll let you go. So, name name three things that you hate. Um, number one is meetings. I hate them. <laughs> number two is Brussels sprouts. And uh, um, I can't tell you number three. Okay. I mean, right. uh, there is a number three. Slow. <laughs> 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 You know, I don't even mind slow play. I'm one of these guys that not too much bothers. Um, That's good. That's good. So, oh, you know what? Yeah, number three, I hate, I hate shanking a ball. I hate, yeah. I hate it. Like it's, it's like it's worse than being in between the sheets. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I think even now in this age of political correctness, it's no longer permissible to say the S word, shank. You, That's you right. have to say hustle rocket. Yeah, <laughs> it's a taboo word for sure. Um, that's uh, that's good. All right, when's the last time you've flown commercial? The last time I've flown commercial um, was um, I went to I went to Africa and uh, you fly to Los Angeles, then you go to Frankfurt. Then you go to Johannesburg. Then you uh, you, you come over to uh, land in um, Victoria Falls. That's a long. How long flight. ago was that? That's twenty three twenty three hours in the air. That, that was in twenty eleven. Nice. All right. So I have a, I have a funny thing to to ask you. You you may be able to conjure this up. Maybe not. So we have a friend. Uh, and his name is Dan, and when he's in the airport, he likes to play a fun game. He likes to, if he, if he sits down by someone or they strike up a conversation with him either at a bar or waiting on the flight or once he gets in the airplane uh, and they talk, you know, they, they, so what do you do, what do you, where you go, why are you going here? He likes to make up a story, and he refers to himself, uh, he gives him a fake name and a fake story just to have some fun. He, he says his name is Dan Saran. And like, uh, and then they'll say, "You mean like Saran Rap?" And he said, "Yeah, actually, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather actually started Saran Rap." And um, and then as the story proceeds, he tells him how much he hates the Reynolds family for Reynolds Rap, and it's, he makes up this big elaborate story, making himself out to be like this wealthy, <laughs> wealthy individual flying on uh, flying commercial for the first time. He likes to have a good time. So our question is, if you were to reverse that, like if you're flying commercial and the guy next to you is asking you about who you are, and you, for some reason, don't want to get into who you are and what all you've done, and you just want to do, like, a normal story, what would it? What would that look like? What would you well, be? Well, first, first uh, you know, I do it all the time. I'll tell them my name is Bob, and if uh, somebody asks me, they go, well, what do you do for a living? I always say the same thing. I tell them I'm a tomato salesman. <laughs> what? 
Okay. All right. So and they'll I, go, I need to. And then and they'll always say, "Can you make money selling tomatoes?" I said, "If you sell a lot of them, you can." <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I didn't think you'd have an actual story. That's good. I thought you'd like say I'm like an insurance salesman or something. Just kind of put them off. But that's good. No, that's good. No, I like tomato salesman. That's awesome. All right. So, what's something you spend your money on? that most people would be shocked to hear you spend your money on? Shocked to hear that I spend my money? Well, you know, I don't, I don't really have anything. I, I mean, I give, give a lot of money away. Uh, yep. we've, been, we've been giving money away. At the, we give money to charity at the rate of a million dollars every 10 or 20 days. Um, wow. And so most of the money I make, I give away. Uh, the the other thing that that I spend money on is uh, motorcycles. I just I just love them. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what. Yesterday I was over at my dealership, and uh, uh, I bought six motorcycles. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah. I see you post some, uh, some, and, uh, some pictures of your. To me, hey, yeah, well, my wife said, "How come you bought six motorcycles?" I said, "Cause I bought five, and then decided to buy one more." <laughs> Uh, all right. Speaking of speaking of your wife, Renee, everyone knows they have one annoying habit. If they don't, then they're clearly not married. So, what would Renee say is your annoying habit? Well, my my annoying habit is I'm always busy doing something. I'm a real high energy guy. You know, it's like yep. like yesterday. I I decided. I mean. It's hotter than the blazes, about 110 degrees here. I mean, it's so hot right now that Satan has left town. He's up in Denver. He'll be back in <laughs> September. Um, uh, so, you know, I just I went ahead and started hitting golf balls, and she's waiting for me to come home for dinner. She went ahead and had it without me. I hit 500 balls. Um, Good God. And so I made stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You're always doing something. I like it. Um, what is the true value of having a dot com versus a dot net? Well, uh, first of all, both work, but the value of having a dot com over a dot net is, uh, uh, dot com has a mind share. Uh, people, when you think an internet address you know, they add in their mind instantly because it's got the mind share. They think, well, .com. I mean, you know, like an Internet company will refer to themselves as a .com. You ever heard any of them refer to themselves as a .net? <laughs> uh, only, only the guys you're talking to right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we've been wrestling with this debate for a while. We bought uh, when we first started and we had $0 to our name, we bought net because com was not available. It was for sale uh, and still is over there on GoDaddy. So we, we have .net, and we've been debating recently on buying the .com. So we, we figured who better to ask than the guy who started GoDaddy on where the true value lies. So yeah, I'd glad step buy it. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll. Don't, maybe you we'll know, do that the reason way. is you always be able to sell it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, we'll, you know, we'll let you know if we if we pull the trigger. You know the dot net, and eh, not so much. Yeah. Um. So you, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Will PXG have a golf ball? I don't. I don't know. Uh, that's a business I don't want to get into. 
you know, if you get into it, uh, the golf ball business, there's really no angle that I can see that I take. Like, first of all, you know, could I engineer something that would compete with the top balls yet sell at a very low price? Well, if I did that, that goes against my brand. You know, that's not what right. we do. Um, so you know, the answer to that would be a resounding no. It's, uh, that's not a business I want to get into. Nice. All right, last question. We have had one of your PXG soldiers on the podcast, and that is uh, Billy Horschel. If if we had another one, who do you – and now that you've completed, by the way, you, you're through the native area, uh, Mr. Parsons, and you did not decline a question, so congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, if you had to pick another PXG soldier that you think would be a great guest for the Tour Junkies podcast native area, who do you think that would be? Uh, good guess, huh? Well, you know, I have a little story i got to tell you. you got time for a Billy Horschel story? Absolutely. All right, okay. Well, you know, I, I always tell Billy that when it, when it comes, <laughs> comes to putting, one of my favorite, favorite uh, lines is that I try to remind myself is that, uh, you know, you can't win a farting contest unless you're willing to shit in your pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I said that to Billy one time. I said, Billy, are you ready to shit your pants? And he goes, I'm, I'm always willing to shit my pants. <laughs> I said, go get them, buddy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, um, that's great. Billy Billy was a really good guest on our show. He was. We, yeah. we interviewed him uh, in the fall, I believe. And uh, last fall, he was he was great. He was really good. The other uh, the other guy you ought to have on, and he's got his own show with Michael Collins, is Pat Perez. Pat, Pat Perez, would, yeah. Pat would do your show, and uh, you know, people. You know, I was interviewed not too long ago by Golf Digest, and you know, when we signed him, and he said, you know, Pat's got kind of a reputation on tour, and I would think because of that, you and him get along. I said, absolutely, we do. I said, now. That's kind of like a little brother to me. I said, now, make no mistake, a bad little brother, but he's like my little brother. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a great guy. We've had Michael Collins on the show, too. He's a he's a good one. He's a lot of fun to have. I feel like oh, if he yeah. rep, rep uh, broadcasters, Michael Collins would be, like, the best. He would be the best. I'll tell you what, and, and Michael if, Collins could put a big eclair away, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Um well, and if, if PXP ever decides to rep a podcast, we want you guys, so we're, we're coming to you. I know you guys don't make a habit of coming to the players, but we're coming to you if you ever want to, if you're ever getting into the podcast repping business. We'd love to do it. We love, we love the brand, love what you're doing, uh, love the advertising and the marketing strategies you guys use. Um, if we ever make it out to Scottsdale, we, we definitely want to come by and see the headquarters there at PXP. Oh, man, come on by. You are invited. Thank you, thank you. Uh, one, one last thing I was going to have you do, if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about the uh, Bob and Renee Parsons Foundation, uh, we always leave our guests who do charitable work a little time at the end to talk to our folks on how they could get involved. Well, first of all, what we, what we do is um, uh, we don't raise outside money at all. Uh, we oh, just use, yeah. uh, use our own money. I mean, we're, we're the only donors in the fund. I mean, one, one of the biggest problems we had in the past couple of years is somebody made a, gave us a donation check of $500. We know what the hell to do with it. Um, 
Uh, so, but anyhow, we figured it out, gave it the free arts for abused children in their name. Uh, but what we do is um, our our slogan for our foundation is we deal in hope. And as, as prosperous and wonderful as our country is, we have some horrific problems. And we have yep. people that are just caught outside the American dream. And what our goal is, is, is to use whatever money we have and whatever relationships we have with other charities to help those people get to the point where they can be successful and share in the American dream, particularly little kids, particularly veterans that uh, uh, through combat or, or, or other accidents uh, have had, have had uh, significant life-changing experiences. We want to we lift them back up. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we do. Uh, we, we support causes that are not popular, that have difficulty raising money, but we believe are very worthwhile. Uh, we spend a lot of money helping, uh, you know, you could call them illegals or undocumented uh, individuals, but people that are here, um, uh, you know, on the, on the wrong side of the law. And, and we, you know, our, our, our whole philosophy there is, you know, if, if you've got a little kid and the kid is sick, this is America. Um, yeah. Kids should, should receive, uh, you know, should, should receive medical care, should be fed when he's hungry, and, and the people that are here, you know, should be, should be taken care of and maybe shown the way to become a citizen, you know, if that's, uh, if that's possible. Uh, you know, we help we help people with AIDS. Uh, the biggest part of people below the income level. Uh, you know, we help uh, abused kids uh, through uh, art therapy and other other things like that. Make a wish. Um, uh, a big homeless or you mom uh, homeless uh, stuff. Uh, the Girl Scouts Leadership Center. Nobody wants to give money to the Girl Scouts. You know, yeah. we stepped in and gave them $5 million to finish their leadership center so they can, uh, you know, so wow. they, they, they can learn to, that, you know what, they're, they're just as good as a man in every respect and in many ways, many ways better. Um, that's right. Yeah, so, so anyhow, that's the things that we do. Uh, we'll continue to do it. You know, I came into this world with nothing. Uh, my wife and I have signed the uh, the giving pledge to give half of whatever we make to charity. Uh, you know, we're certainly going to do that. And the reason we signed it, we're going to give it all away. So, uh, you know, when we both leave this world, everything goes to charity. Phenomenal. Mr. Parsons, I can't tell you how privileged we are to have you on the podcast. We never would have dreamed we would have had a lot of the guests that we've had on our show. And uh, we, we will... We will never have, I, I think Pat would agree, we will likely never have another, uh, you know, individual like you who started not only a golf brand that, that we all look up to and, and think is interesting and innovative, but also a, a philanthropist, uh, a veteran. Uh, it's just a, it's an honor to talk to you. We appreciate the time that you gave the Tour Junkies podcast and our listeners. And uh, thanks for all you do for everybody in golf and, and around the world. All right, buddy. I'll tell you what. You're welcome. You take care. You guys take care, and good luck to you both, huh? My heart skips, keeping the beach, and I'm close enough so that space between you and me. Let's-
Let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.